our series in times of distress on today. Thank you. And I just thank God for Amen in this series. I just thank God for the different word studies and how he's how he's given it to me. Um Amen. Uh, cause I just needed a time of I guess of like freshness. So what I mean by that is, you know, at, at for the last couple of years as we've been doing this series and sticking to one book, that was good for me, good to me for a while, but now I just love how God is just taking me to different books in the Bible. Um and just just giving me different words from all over the place, amen. So I just thank God for how he mixes it up, amen, and how he's delivering these words, words that I can't come up with on my own, amen. Yeah. So I just thank God for this series and what God is doing. And it's my hope and my prayer that each and every Sunday is God, you know, just instructs us that it, that it blesses all of you, amen. Amen, amen. Um, so in times of distress, amen, for our title on this Sunday, God has given me the word fault. Amen. Fault. Amen. And so we know that in in times of distress, each and every Sunday, God says, when we get in moments of adversity, when we get in moments of affliction, when we get in moments of trouble, um, the very first thing that we need to do is just be present, just to be where he is to go and seek and find and look for Jesus and just be where he is, to show up for other people when they are in times of distress. Amen. Even when things are going wrong, we should be breaking forth in joy. We should be, and not and not just joy about the things that we have, but joy about the things that God has done. He told us that we need to be contrite, that we need to have like this sense of just, Lord, I'm thankful and I'm grateful for what you've done, even though I don't deserve it. He told us that we need to make sure that we're not diluting his word, that we're not taking away from his power, that everything that we need to happen in a time of distress, he's capable of all by himself. And then on last Sunday, he told us just about being established, about holding each other accountable, about seeking out wise counsel about being where the truth is so that we won't stray in error. Amen. And on this Sunday, God has given us the word fault. Amen. And so, you know, I always kind of tell y'all how the word comes to me. And so when I heard the word fault, of course, I'm thinking like God was going to be talking about something being your fault or not being your fault or God say, that ain't the way that I wanted you to go. Amen. So the word fault, a fault is a fracture. Mm-hmm. A fault is a fracture. It's the displacement of one side of something with respect to the other side, used usually in a direction parallel to the fracture. Amen. So two people can be walking hand in hand and all of a sudden, a fracture occurs, a break occurs. Mm-hmm. And the people are still going in the same direction, or at least it seems like they're going in the same direction, but they're no longer together. They're totally separated. Mm-hmm. A break has occurred. And if you know anything about parallel lines, they never would. They never touch. Mm-hmm. They never intersect, right? Mm-hmm. And so God told us in Amos 3.3, 3, how can two walk together unless 
they agree, right? Mm -hmm. And so in times of distress, you want to be, number one, walking with the Lord. And in Amos now, because we often use that, we often use that scripture talking about two people. But if you read verses 1 through 3 in Amos, when God says that, he's talking about his people. He's telling them that he's going to punish them because basically I can't walk with you when you can't walk with me because we don't agree with each other. Mm. And so when we say it, we kind of just take that same principle and apply it to other people or things in our life and it makes so much sense. Right? When a fall occurs, there's some type of displacement. Something goes wrong and these two lines, they still move. They still are going in whatever direction they're going in, but they'll never connect. They'll never intersect. Right? And so on this Sunday, God is talking to us about wholeness versus, versus brokenness, versus having a fault, versus having a fracture in a time of distress. During times of distress, it's so important that we are whole. That we are whole, that we are one with God. So that just goes back to that first Sunday, just about being present. Or it could go back to two Sundays ago when God was talking about not diluting him. Like he doesn't need anything that's going to separate us from him. Right? Don't add anything to him. Don't add anything to him. We need to be whole. We need to be one. And so when we consider being a solution for other people or for our families during a time of distress, Right. We need to be trying to figure out how we can make them whole because somewhere in their life, a fault has occurred mm -hmm. somewhere in their life. Something broke apart. Mm -hmm. Maybe it maybe it's not even your family today. Maybe it's you where some at some point in your life, you were going, you were traveling, you were on the same road with Jesus and a fault occurred. And even though you're still walking and even though, you know, you can see Jesus is still doing things. There's still a separation between the two of you, and it seems like you can't you can't reach him anymore or touch him anymore. Mm -hmm. That means a fault has occurred. Amen. And the reason that I say I started just I, I'm just so thankful of how God is giving His His Word and how He's allowed me to, allowed me to to skip around is because. The, we're going to the Book of Numbers. Amen. And, mm -hmm. and pretty much all y'all know. I probably, I can honestly say, I'm, if I preached out of that book, it's only been one or two times. Mm -hmm. Amen. So when I, when I heard the word fault and and God just led me to this idea of um, of brokenness, the very first thing that I thought about was in Numbers where the earth opened up. It was an earthquake. The earth opened up. And it swallowed all of these people who were against God. Amen. And so what causes a fault? If you're in this situation or you know somebody else who is, they know that God exists. And this has been a thought that's been in my head so much this week. It's like, I really believe that people know God exists, but for whatever reason, they never come into contact with him like they should. Like they just can't connect. Mm -hmm. And God is saying that a fault has occurred. So what causes faults? Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about like if you can imagine a fault in the earth's crust, a fracture in the earth's crust. Mm -hmm. Simply put, stress causes it. Mm -hmm. 
Movement causes stress, and over time, the surface begins to break. Now, imagine your life, right? You might not have always been where you are. You might not have always been at this breaking point that you are at now. Or your family member has, they might have started out happy, and now they they are at this place. So over time, just stress and just movement slowly begins. Like the earth is always moving. And I thought about how the word says that the earth is constantly moaning and groaning. Amen. And over time, the surface begins to break. So if you can imagine a person who starts out happy, and then over time, you just start to see breaks and cracks in their personality, in their happiness, and they joy. This over time, you can kind of see them going down. You can see them crumbling. You can see them struggling to maintain a good face or, or, or just, just to remain positive about life or coming to church, about Jesus, about all of it. You can see them starting to break. Right? So usually, this stress is caused by two tectonic plates moving in different directions. And so stress in our life comes when when we are one tectonic plate and God is another and we moving in opposite directions. There's no holding. We moving in opposite directions. And over time, the stress of not walking with God begins to break you down. It begins to break you down. And then all of a sudden, now that you kind of kind of all broken up and crumbly. When a major event happens and hits your life, a slip occurs. And that's how earthquakes are caused. Your whole world comes crashing down. Whole worlds don't come crashing down in a moment. When an earthquake occurs, it's been in a process for a long time. It's been in a process for a long time. And so even when we we consider events like losing a loved one, Right. Your whole world doesn't even though it hurts, your whole world doesn't have to come crashing down. And I say that because if you're living for the Lord, you know that death is a natural part of life. Mm -hmm. So you live life in preparation of what's to come next. So even though it hurts, right, even though it hurts, you can still maintain your oneness with God. That death is not going to separate you. Right. Because the words say, what can separate us from God? Nothing. Not life, not death, nothing. But so often, things like death, things like breakups, things like strife in your family, so often those things break us apart from God. And that doesn't happen overnight. We are slowly breaking away when, 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 when thoughts are occurring, when we're moving away, when we're not firm in establishing God. So when that slip occurs, everything just crumbles. And so we in Numbers 16, and y'all can stay seated, amen, because I just, I feel the presence of the Lord, amen. Mm-hmm. And as I, as I go through this, I'm not going to read all these names, because I'm going, I'm going pretty much through the whole chapter, so, so that would be a lot to read. But it's on the screen if you want to read it, so just as God takes me through it. Just, just understand what he's saying. Amen. So with number 16 and 1, these men decide that they are going to challenge Moses' authority. One of them is a Levite. 
And then one of them is a Levite. So they are of the same tribe as Moses and Aaron. So they feel like you a Levite, I'm a Levite, we the same. Who put you in charge? So Korah, who is of the tribe of the Levites, he gets with Dathan and his other one, the sons of Elab, and they are from the tribe of Reuben. If you know anything about Reuben, he's the firstborn. Mm -hmm. So they probably kind of feel like, well, how did the priesthood even get to you anyway? It should be mine. Mm -hmm. And so they want to challenge the authority of God, and not only do these three men want to do it, they bring 250 of the Israelites with them. And they assembled before Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far. All the members of the community belong to the Lord, and the Lord is with all of us. Why then, Moses, do you set yourself above the community? And that's interesting to say because the very thing that they are accusing Moses of, Moses of they are doing it. They want to be in charge. They want to set themselves above the community. Right? And so this is where you can tell something is getting ready to happen. This is the time of distress. And I say that because as they're talking to Moses, you got to remember what Moses and Aaron have done. Right? They have been established in the Lord. Why? Because when they answer this, they have gone to Pharaoh. They have parted the Red Sea. They have changed the rod into the... They have, they, there's evidence, right? Mm -hmm. This is the first time we've seen these people named like, well, we know that Moses and Aaron have been established. Moses with the ticket, we know that they've been established. Mm -hmm. it's been, there's been evidence. And so whenever God has shown you evidence that he is in control, yet you want to go against it, you're getting ready to enter a time of distress. A fault is getting ready to occur. Because you're not trusting God to be in control when the evidence is all around us that he is. Right. So our wholeness in a time of distress is dependent upon us not Challenging God's plan for how he wants to deliver us. Mm -hmm. Your wholeness is dependent upon you not challenging God's plan for how he wants to deliver you. Amen. Mm -hmm. So what God means by that is, if God wants to part the Red Sea as a part of your deliverance, if he wants to take you on this route through the wilderness as a part of your deliverance, if he wants you to go through a period of singleness in your life as a part of your deliverance, if he wants you to go through a financial struggle as a part of your deliverance, if he wants you to be like Job and go through sickness as a part of your deliverance, if he wants to take you to another city as a part of your deliverance, you got to trust him because he's demonstrated over and over again in your life that he is in control. Mm -hmm. So your wholeness, is that you, you trusting in him is what makes you, what puts y'all into fellowship. When you stop trusting, a fall occurs. Mm -hmm. And y'all start to separate. Mm -hmm. And it's only a matter of time before an earthquake occurs. Mm -hmm. So once again, so look at what, look at Moses' response. And this is how you know 
that Moses was chosen by the Lord because Moses did not get upset with the challenge. Mm -hmm. God does not always get upset with our challenge. He gives us an opportunity before the earthquake comes. Yes. Yes. So the word says when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. And he spake unto Korah to all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show you who are his and who is holy, and will cause him to and will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen, he will cause to come near unto him. Amen. 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 Moses gives him instruction. He say, okay, I see that y'all uh, y'all y'all are challenging me. So what we'll do is on tomorrow we'll ask the Lord to prove it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's two ways. You can if you if you read into Moses being angry, you can read it that way. But the reason that I know Moses wasn't angry because the word says he fell on his face. Mm -hmm. He started to pray for him. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, God, they're challenging me. What do you want me? He fell on, on their face and he began to pray for them and say, okay, I'm not going to argue with y'all, but what we'll do, let's take it to the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. Moses is saying, let's take it to the Lord. That's the same thing I preached last Sunday. Let's establish it. Let's, let, okay, we got a problem. Let's figure out together what is true and let God prove it to us. Mm -hmm. So he told them, like, he told them to. Like get these pains, and he said you're gonna put like these coals in it and put incense, incense in it, and we're going to take it before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy, right? Mm -hmm. You take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. Moses said we're gonna give God an offering, mm -hmm. and then he tells him like you don't know what you're asking for. You're asking to be in charge and you're asking to be in control and you don't really know what you're asking for. You're putting too much pressure on you. Mm -hmm. So see, God knows that if you try to work or, or, or fix something on your own the way, without him, the weight of it will make you crack. Mm -hmm. The weight of it will make you crack. It will make you crumble. He knows when you are not chosen, when you don't have him, when you're not whole or one with him, and you try to do things by yourself, the weight of it will make you crack. Mm -hmm. So in this whole scenario, we see the friction. We see the fault. And friction and fault eventually leads to earthquakes. And so Moses, he goes to Korah first, and he says, Here now, you sons of Levi. Is it too small a thing for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself, to do service in the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation to minister to him? And that he has brought you near to him, and all your brothers, the son of Levi, with you? And would you would you seek the priesthood also? God said, look, Cor, like, God already like told you that you're special. He made you a you a Levite, you a priest. Like you get to serve him in the temple, and the other tribes don't even get that. Why is that not enough for you? Why do you have to be in control, right? Therefore, it is against the Lord that you and all your company have gathered together. 
What is Aaron that you grumble against him? Like, why are you mad with us? God has given you something to do. He's allowed you into his presence. And so you're not rebelling against us. You're rebelling against him. Right? And so Moses goes to Korah like before he knows that he knows that a fault has occurred and something is coming. And Moses says, before this happens, let me come at you and try to reason with you. Mm-hmm. Like, look, just be satisfied. Just be satisfied with what God has done. But it gets worse. And Korah rejects the grace of God. And he rejects what God has already done. And when I say what God has already done, Korah forgets. Korah and these men forget what God did when he took them out of Egypt. And I, we know this from verses 12 through 14. So after, after I love what Moses did. So after he talks to Korah one-on-one, who was the Levite, he goes and talks to the one that's from the tribe of Ruth. And the reason that he separated, right, because the Levites actually had a calling. They actually had a calling. They were they, like they were cousins with Moses and Aaron. They, so they, they actually Levites. Mm-hmm. Reuben didn't have no claim to the like you don't have no you don't have no leg to stand on. You don't have no claim to the throne. Mm-hmm. The blessing just done completely passed over you, and God is still putting up with you. But y'all want to like y'all understand the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. One group actually you are you in there, mm-hmm. and the other group not in there, mm-hmm. right? So Moses called for them, trying to reason with them, and they had the nerve to say, we ain't even coming to, like, we don't even want to hear what you got to say. At least Korah listened to them. They said, we don't even want to hear what you have to say. They said, is it, and they talking to Moses, they said, this is a small thing that you have brought us up out of the land, growing with milk and honey, to kill us in the wilderness, that you must also make yourself a prince over us. Right? Moreover, you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey, nor given us inheritance of the fields and vineyards. When you put out the eyes of these men, we will not come up. They, 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 they didn't even, I don't want to hear what you got to say. Matter of fact, we would much rather be in the world. We would much rather be in the world. And matter of fact, you would lie. Because you said we were going to the promised land and we don't see it. Can y'all see how it's building up? How the how how the fault is gradually getting bigger, right? And when this happens, the earthquake comes. And when these men say we not gonna eat God, we don't want to hear what you're saying. We don't want to hear what you're saying. What you promised us, you have not done. We not coming to see. We not concerned with you. And it's when they say this, that Moses, for the first time, and this is how I know he wasn't angry in the beginning, because in the 15th verse it says, and Moses was very angry. This is when he gets angry, when they didn't even want to listen to what God had to say. Mm-hmm. Moses was very angry and said to the Lord, do not respect their offering. Mm-hmm. I have not taken one donkey from them. And I have not harmed one of them. And Moses said to Korah, be present. You and all your company before the Lord, you and they and Aaron tomorrow. And let every one of you take his censer and put incense on it 
and every one of you bring before the Lord his censer, 250, you also, and Aaron, each his censer. So every man took his censer and put fire in them and laid incense on them and stood at the entrance of the tent of the meeting with Moses and Aaron. Then Korah assembled all the congregation against them at the entrance of the tent of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the congregation. So y'all can see God say, okay, y'all don't want to hear me. Bring all your stuff. And Moses, all right, it, and it's crazy because y'all understand when Moses first told him what God was going to do, he said, bring your offering. Y'all heard it, right? Bring your offering. And tomorrow we're going to see God, God going to establish it. But once they refused to listen to the Lord, Moses said, don't accept their offering. Mm -hmm. So the chance for grace has passed by. The chance for mercy has passed by because they have rejected God. And now the glory, not not God like you, you acting like God ain't real. But when God show up, he's going to prove to you that he's real. He's real. Mm -hmm. The question is, which side are you going to be standing on? Mm -hmm. That's what we got to consider from when we get out of here. And he's going to prove that he's real. The question is, what side are we going to be found on in the end? And so the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, separate yourself from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. The slip is getting ready to occur. And what I love about God is he warns his people. He said, Moses and Aaron, separate because the earthquake is getting ready to happen. Right? He warns them that the slip is getting ready to occur and everything is getting ready to crash down. Mm -hmm. But like a servant of the Lord, Moses doesn't turn and say, okay, God, get them. Because they've been coming against me. Instead, Moses and Aaron fall to their faces and say, oh, God, they are being the solution in a time of distress. Mm -hmm. Right? They got faith. They got faith, right? And they have favor. Number one, because they can hear from God and they know some God tells them ahead of best faith and favor based on hearing. Because they know something getting ready to happen. They fall on their face and they begin to pray. Oh God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin? Right? Shall one man sin? And when you be angry with all the congregation. They start to pray, and they say, God, some of these folk that's getting ready to get caught up with core, they don't even know what's happening. Please forgive them, Lord. Are you going to let this one man sin destroy the whole congregation? God didn't notice. God didn't say he was going to destroy core. He said he was going to destroy the whole congregation. They, In his eyes, they was all guilty. They were all guilty. But Moses steps in and he intercedes. Moses and Aaron step in and they intercede. They are being a solution in a time of distress. Mm -hmm. And the Lord, and, they, and here comes the favor again that God would hear Moses' prayer. That he would hear Aaron's prayer. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, okay, say to the congregation, get away from the dwelling of Korah, Dathan, and Abraham. Mm -hmm. Right? So God gives them a final chance. 
through the prophet, mm -hmm. through the preacher, that they challenged the authority of. Mm -hmm. Through the person that was delivering them the word, through the person that led them out of Egypt, he gives them another word and says, separate. Can you imagine being in that number and saying, man, it's like, I don't like Moses, so I'm going to stay on this side. Not believing that what Moses is telling you getting ready to happen is getting ready to happen. Mm -hmm. Moses says his prayer, he rises up, he goes to these, he goes to David and Abraham, and the elders of Israel followed him, and he spoke to the congregation. Moses says, Depart, please, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest you be swept away with all their sins. I can like literally imagine the earth kind of like shaking. Right? And as I was as I was preparing this y'all, I was thinking about how when Jesus on the cross, you know how to say when he hung his head mm -hmm. and, and, and it's finished and, and there was an earthquake in the temple and all of that stuff was ripped into two. Right? At that moment, Jesus took away every excuse. And you was either a believer walking with him in wholeness, mm -hmm. or you were on the other side separated from him. Mm -hmm. And right? So, and that's how it is. Some some people today, you were either with Jesus or you either against Jesus. Mm -hmm. And there's a there's a line, there's a gulf in the middle. But what both people don't realize, both groups, no matter what side you're on, both groups are walking toward eternity. Mm -hmm. Both groups are walking towards judgment. But what side are you on? Jesus, when you talk about him being a stumbling block, he's the thing that holds everything together. He's the thing that puts you right with God. And when you don't have him, that's when the fall occurs. I can imagine the earth trembling. And Moses is pleading, please depart from these men. Right? And so some of them, they got away from the dwelling. They came out, the, and, and, and these three men came out, and they stood at the door of their tents together with their wives, their sons, and their little ones. And Moses said, Hereby you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, and that he has not been of my own accord. Mm -hmm. Y'all, and I read this, and, I, and, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm going to continue to wrestle with this. Because I want y'all to think about what this means. Mm -hmm. Moses said, if these men die, as all men die, if you read the King James Version, say of a natural death. Mm -hmm. If these men die, as all men die, or if they are visited by the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. Right? Moses said, everybody got to die. So death is not going to be the thing that lets y'all know that God sent me. Right? He said, if they die a natural death, then you know it wasn't me. But if the Lord creates something new and the ground opens his mouth and swallows them up with all that belong to them, and they go down alive into Sheol, which is hell, then you should know that these men have despised the Lord. He's basically saying if they die an unnatural death, then you know something was wrong. And I start asking myself, God, does that apply to today? Right? Does that apply to today? I'm not talking about cancer. 
or a heart attack. No, that's, those things is, is your this natural body failing. That's a natural death, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a natural death. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Your all whatever whatever sickness is in your body is this body is a failing organism from the time that you're born. So it's naturally decaying. So it's just it's we just die for, for different reasons. Even if we die in our sleep, oh hey, what? Either the lungs then gave out or the heart then get something gave out mm-hmm. in its body, in its vessel. I'm talking about an unnatural death. What happened? Like we look at this, we look at those things, and we say, "Oh, that's so tragic." And I'm not saying that we don't have empathy or sin. We say, "Oh, that's so tragic." But I wonder, like, what all the little faults were before the earthquake came. Mm-hmm. I wonder that when it's unnatural. Mm-hmm. I wonder what, like, what led up to the you you kill your whole family and then commit suicide. That's not natural. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what led up to that? What faults were leading up to that? That make that's making sense. Mm-hmm. And I I'm not I'm not preaching that as as, as 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 gospel truth. I'm preaching that as something that God I want God to keep talking to me about. I want, like I want to that, that that thought just came into my mind. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as Moses be, as soon as Moses finished speaking, all these words, the ground under them split apart. Mm-hmm. And so when you reject God, when you ignore all the little breaks in your relationship with God, sooner or later, the ground under your feet is going to fall apart and your whole life is going to be swallowed up. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the people who belong to Korah and all their goods. So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol. Do y'all notice it, didn't, it says they went down alive? Mm-hmm. I know this long, but it's very good to me. Mm-hmm. They went down alive. Mm-hmm. It didn't say they died and went to hell. They went down alive. And God is letting you know that there is that that's what hell is. Hell is eternal separation from God. Mm-hmm. People try to make it seem like you're just going to die and not know what's happening to you. Like you just float off like you never existed. No, it's eternal separation from God. You are are alive. Mm -hmm. But you are separated from God. And the earth closed over them. And they perished from the midst of the assembly. So... Look at this image of perishing from the midst of the assembly and then think about revelations when they talk about the, 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 the elders and the cherubims and, the, and it's continually praising him in heaven. Holy, 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 holy. Mm-hmm. Think about that assembly and, and being separated from that. That imagery of being where God is, where there's no need for the sun or the moon and it's praise all day long. That's what they got separated from. That's the assembly that they're separated from. And all Israel who were around them fled at their cry. For they said, lest the earth swallow us up. When we see the things that happen to people who don't have God, it should make us even more grateful when we do. And that's not to say that we run and go in the other direction from those people. Before we separate from that, 
we got to do what we saw Moses and Aaron do several times, which was go try to talk to them, fall on our face and pray for them, give them the gospel, give them chance after chance after chance. How many times shall you forgive? Seventy times seven, right? We got to do all of that before we separate. And the fire came out from the Lord and consumed, right? And consumed 250 men offering the incense. This whole episode, this is my last slide. So Brother Mark, you can get there cut off. This whole episode was about, was a warning about approaching the altar improperly, about being separated from God. If you read on in that, because I didn't finish that whole chapter, if you read on, when it consumed, because remember, God told all 250 of them to bring this little plan to pay and to make your offering, right? Well, when God sent fire and consumed them 250 people, their little pans was left over. And God said, now take all them little pans that are left over from these burned up people, and I want y'all to make it into a covering for the altar. To remind every person that approaches the altar what happened this day. So what does that mean for us? That means for us, when we approach the altar, we got to remember don't be coming up to God complaining like he's not in control. When you come to the altar, you're trying to be one with God. I want to walk with you and be where you are. I want to be in wholeness with you. I don't want to approach you like I'm going to put you in check, God. And that's what makes Jesus so important. Because Jesus was the once and for all offering that allows us to even step in the presence of God and not have to worry about being consumed by his fire because we're not worthy to be there. Jesus allows us to be in his presence. Otherwise, when we approach him, we wouldn't be worthy. Jesus makes it possible for God the Father to even want to listen to us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. So as I close, and I forgot to change the last slide. In times of distress, amen. In times of distress, recognize the faults that's in your life. Recognize all the little spots that's where things are the things are breaking apart. And you need to ask, begin to ask God to mend those things. Mm-hmm. Like God, put me back, put me back in, in unison with you. Mm-hmm. Like mend these broken places, right? Because you know that over time, the stress is only going to build to a point that an earthquake occurs. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. And then your whole world comes crashing down. It's better to let God repair a couple faults in your life than to be trying to scramble to put your whole life back together or even lose your whole life. Amen. 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 Amen.